are listening to The Reckless Entrepreneur. My name is Francesca Mamlin, but you can call me Fran. I'm a girl with a mission to inspire a generation of bold, courageous, daring, and passionate entrepreneurs. And I want to inspire you to chase your passion and persist past the point where most people would quit. Because on the other side of that lies your true purpose. I'm so glad you tuned in and I can't wait to see what you have to share with the world. Some of you may not know this, but you actually have control over your subconscious mind. I know, pretty crazy, right? Your subconscious has a great deal of control over you, that's for sure. But what most of us overlook is the fact that you are your subconscious and everything in it is shaped by you. So for most people, their subconscious is filled with programming that we got from people parents, teachers, influential adults in our lives, mostly during childhood. And if we allow it to remain this way, it can almost feel like our mind is not our own. Our decisions aren't really our decisions. They're just impulses based on programming that doesn't really belong to us. And this is the third episode in my Money Mindset series. The series starts in episode five, by the way. And today I'm going to be teaching you a really, really important step in developing your money mindset. We spent the first two episodes of the series breaking down the limiting beliefs we have around money and deciding what our new rules are going to be. If you haven't done that yet, go back to episode five and do that. And this episode is about how you can remold your mind for success, how you can have complete control over your brain, for the most part, at least. Um, And that's easier said than done. Mindset work of any kind requires an incredible amount of discipline, especially this part. And honestly, it may seem sort of cheesy to some of you. Um, I started an affirmation and visualization practice almost a year ago, I think over a year ago. But it wasn't until a couple months ago that I was actually open with other people about it because... I don't know, I guess I just thought people would think I'm being silly because I wake up every morning, I read a list of affirmations to myself, I look at pictures I cut out from magazines of like a dream life that I'm working to create, and then I journal. I know you probably think it's really silly, but you know what? I don't care. And I thought it was silly too for the longest time and I kept at it anyway. And keeping up consistently with this habit over a long period of time, I can say that I actually think differently. I feel a lot of clarity around what I'm working towards in life. And I feel more confident in myself and in my ability to have whatever I want in this life. And I feel like I should add, it's really important to mix this stuff with a strong gratitude practice, which I talked about gratitude in last week's episode. Check that out too. I really swear by this whole practice. We spend so much time listening to what other people think of us, listening to what other people expect of us. It's so important that we set aside time to remind ourselves and to think about what really matters to us because ultimately 
we are the authority figure in our lives. So like I said in the last episode of the series, which by the way was episode 10, um, the dominating thoughts that you permit in your mind, they will define you because your conscious mind is like a filter. And if you allow a thought into your conscious mind often enough when you mix it with a certain emotion, it will create a program that just slips into your subconscious and controls your behavior. You don't even realize it Um, because thoughts are habits. And they're the hardest habits to change because they form and they take course so quickly. We often don't even realize that it's happening. Our minds move so fast. Um, so we have to be absolutely relentless with our with our brains. And we have to cultivate a deep understanding of where habits and where thought habits actually come from. And at this point, I would like to introduce a book that I am currently reading. This book is called The Power of Habit. I don't really remember who wrote it, but I'll link to it in the show notes. Oh my God, what a powerful book this is. Um, I think we all need to read it. Like we all need to read it. So I'm just gonna go on a a quick tangent, just a little tangent. (laughs) This has nothing to do with the subject at hand, but I feel like this needs to be said given the world that we live in today. Consumerism and materialism have become dominant over the human experience, like worldwide. And and businesses, particularly the really large corporate businesses, have become masters at convincing us that we need things when we really don't need them or really even want them. Um, honestly, this outrages me because my background's in marketing, so I'm really passionate about how I can help businesses craft messages and reach people so that they can grow and be profitable. Um, but there's a lot of marketers out there who are just straight up manipulative. They use our psychology against us. They make us believe things and they manipulate us into spending money on things we do not want or need. And I think one of the main things that I am hoping to do with this podcast is to speak out against this. I want to show entrepreneurs that there is a better way to grow your business, a way with more integrity, because the way businesses have been gaining customers in the past, first of all, it's not okay. It's just not acceptable to use human psychology to trick people into buying things. I think this is something that we have come to accept as a normal part of life. Um, I say it's time to call it out for what it is. We're being bombarded by manipulative messages all day, every day from people who don't really care about our well-being and just want our money. That's not entrepreneurship to me. Second of all, it's not sustainable. People are getting smarter um, when it comes to um, their consumer habits. Schools are starting to educate kids in ways that the media tricks them. I remember being in elementary school. This was over a decade ago. um, and I was being educated about advertisements and how they convince people to buy things. Um, Again, this was over a decade ago, so I'm hoping that it's even improved since then. Um, Businesses that use these cheap tactics are going to slowly die out over the coming years because consumers are slowly but surely getting smarter. Thank goodness for that. Um, The other thing that I want to do with this podcast is help people understand how their minds actually work. Because if we can understand how habits and thought patterns form, we can protect ourselves from people out there who are doing everything in their power to manipulate you. I don't mean to sound alarmist, but, but it's true. Companies are quite literally using mind control to grow their customer base. Um, it's been happening for a really long time. 
Um, and it's getting to the point where it's it's really out of control and we have to call it out. We have to protect ourselves so that we can move towards a better future so better businesses can exist. Um, one, I want to live in a world where businesses grow because they're actually selling things that people want and need because they're actually improving lives. Um, so eventually I'll do a review of the book, The Power of Habit. Um, I'll spend some more time nerding out about psychology and marketing and habits. But right now I'm going to bring us back to the affirmations and visualizations, which was the intended subject of this podcast. I, I like tangents. So thoughts or habits. Let me explain how habits form according to this book. Um, so you have a cue, a behavior, and a reward. These are the three parts to a habit, a cue, a behavior, and a reward. First comes the cue. That's pretty self-explanatory. It's something that triggers your brain one way or another. So when your brain perceives a cue, it selects the corresponding habit from like the file of habits that you have in your head and it slips into automatic mode. So you literally like lose control of your brain while you're engaging in the habit. So let me give an example of this because that might help a little bit. So there's a lot of case studies in the book. And one of them was this girl who was in college and she was biting her fingernails. And biting your finger biting your fingernails is a really common habit. This girl in the book, she had it to the point where it was debilitating. Like her fingers were always hurting and they like were scabbed and stuff and it was ruining her quality of life. Um, so I'm going to use this as an example. So let's dissect this habit. So for her to bite her nails, something had to trigger it. She had to perceive a cue to begin the behavior of biting her nails. And for her, I think the cue was like a feeling of anxiety. So she would feel anxiety and then she would start biting her nails. And usually she wouldn't even realize that it was happening because it would all happen in, in a millisecond under her conscious mind. And before she knew it, she'd be biting her nails. So after a cue comes a routine. The routine is the behavior, the biting of the nails. Um, that routine can be a physical routine like biting your nails. It could also be a mental or emotional routine. So thoughts or emotions are also in some cases habits. Thoughts or emotions can also be cues to trigger other habits. Like, and then before you know it, you are like completely on autopilot engaging in this sequence of emotions and thoughts and behaviors. So like this nail biting girl, for example, let's say her anxiety is triggered by her grades. So a grade that she perceives to be as a bad grade can trigger a habit of feeling anxious and the feeling of anxiety is a trigger for her to begin biting her nails. See how that works? See how you can quickly turn into a destructive sequence of robotic behavior? Hopefully I can help you avoid that because there's a third and commonly overlooked part to this whole process. There's the reward. So your brain receives the cue, engages in the habit, and then it receives a reward. And here's the thing we need to understand about our brains. Our brains are designed for survival. Your brain is constantly working to bring you to a state of comfort um, and sustaining that comfort for as long as possible. That's the underlying factor behind all of these habits and honestly behind most human behavior. So this girl who is biting her nails, she feels comfort as a result of engaging in this behavior. So her brain, whenever it feels any kind of discomfort, it switches to autopilot. It makes her bite her nails and then she returns to that state of comfort. And then the habit loop is reinforced every time it happens. 
that's basically a habit. And you have thousands of these loops built into your brain and they're controlling your thoughts and actions. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because you would lose your mind if you didn't have these loops because we we have to do things all day without thinking about them, like simple things that you do every day, like driving a car, eating with the spoon, writing with the pencil. Um, you'd have, like without habit loops, you would have to try and remember how to do these things every single time you go to do them and you wouldn't function like you you just have to be the thing is you just have to be aware um of how often you are on autopilot so you don't end up living your entire life on autopilot because honestly you really could you really could sleepwalk through your life that's how good your brain is at just functioning without you in the driver's seat there's all kinds of stories in this book about people who lose really important parts of their brains or like get amnesia from accidents and they still function like perfectly even though their quality of life is objectively quite low so it's you this is something about our minds that we have to be really really mindful of (laughs) okay (laughs) um so the last episode in the series, I had you write all of the rules that you follow about money, and I had you rewrite those rules into positive affirmations. If you haven't done that yet, go back and listen to episode nine. I'll wait. Um, these rules that you follow, they're habit loops. They are thought-based habits, which are the hardest to change because they happen really damn fast. So when we change these habits, there are two things we have to remember. First, you need so much self-awareness. You need to be able to observe your thoughts. This is really hard and it takes practice. Meditation is a great place to start. I know some of you are kind of freaked out by meditation, but just just try it, just try it. Um, <laughs> just the realization that you are more than your thoughts, like you're not your thoughts, you're something more than your thoughts, and you have the ability to detach from them and observe them. Just sometimes just realizing that is enough to get you going. Um, So once you have enough self-awareness that you're able to kind of observe what's happening in your brain, um, you need to realize that you can't eliminate habit loops. So when your brain perceives a cue, it switches to autopilot and you're you're basically helpless. Like you cannot eliminate that cue. Um, so what you have to do is you have to replace it. So let's use Alcoholics Anonymous as our example. So let me just, alcoholism um, is much more than a habit. It is a disease. So I'm not trying to compare alcoholism to biting your nails. I just have a really good example. So humor me. It's pretty commonly known that when you join Alcoholics Anonymous or AA, you get a sponsor, which is a person who's supposed to help you navigate the process of your recovery from an alcohol addiction. And they tell you that when you feel the need to pick up a drink, you pick up the phone instead and you call your sponsor. By the way, I've never been in Alcoholics Anonymous, so if I'm wrong about anything here, feel free to call me out on my bullshit, should that be necessary. Um, But instead of simply fighting this urge to pick up a drink, which for an alcoholic would be a really strong urge, the habit is replaced. Um, So whatever's cueing them to drink will eventually cue them to call their sponsor or go to a meeting. And the idea is that they receive the same reward from connecting with uh, a member of the AA community as they would 
from drinking. The reward is probably a feeling of comfort or security. It's probably different for every person. Um, that's one of the reasons AA has helped so many people recover from alcoholism, despite the person who founded Alcoholics Anonymous had zero psychological training. He just really understood this concept because I think he himself was an alcoholic. Um, it's really fascinating. I recommend reading more about it if you find it interesting because um, uh, things like AA, it's a great example of how human psychology can be used and harnessed to literally save lives. Whereas we have these big corporations that use this same knowledge to do uh, an incredible amount of damage. I'm not going to get into this now, but like McDonald's uses the knowledge of how humans form habit loops to manipulate people into eating their shitty food on a regular basis. And now we have like this horrible obesity crisis on our hands. And as a tangent, and I'm supposed to be talking about affirmations, so I will have to get to this another time. But my God, people, like we got to stop this shit. Um, <laughs> So you can't just fight these thoughts. You can't just fight the thoughts and limiting beliefs about money when they arise in your brain. You have to replace them um, with an affirmation and visualization practice. That's how you're going to be replacing them. Here's the challenge I have for you. Spend a day observing yourself. Keep your journal with you all day and write down every thought you have throughout the day, or at least write down like the reoccurring ones. It might sound crazy to write down every single thought you have, but I have done this a few times and it really helps build the self-awareness. Um, and when you perceive these reoccurring thoughts as you go about your day, try and trace it back. What's triggering this thought? W what do you do when this thought emerges? Do you, for example... Um, look at your bank account, start freaking out because you don't think there's enough money in it, and then you start worrying about your bills. What do you do then? Do you start binge eating? Do you start watching TV? Do you drink alcohol? Um, start really paying attention to what triggers your thoughts and what behaviors those thoughts are then triggering. Try and map out your habit loops. Um, once you've built up this self-awareness, it's time to replace those habits with something more productive. So first off, you want to start your day out on the right foot, wake up every morning, read your affirmations out loud. Even if you think it's silly, just do it. Um, <laughs> the stuff you allow in your head in the first and last hour of your day is really significant. So do those affirmations and develop a visualization practice. I have, this is so cheesy. I have a sketchbook that I fill with images that inspire me. You've definitely seen it on my Instagram. Pictures of like a home that I hope to live in someday when I decide that I want to stop traveling all the time. Um, <laughs> I have inspirational quotes. Um, I write about the person I want to become. I, I set aside time every morning and every evening where I flip through that sketchbook. I add to it. I remind myself of what I'm working for. And this little book, by the way, it's called a primer book. I learned how to make one from Shauna Von Bogart. She is an incredible business coach, and she's actually going to be a guest on this podcast later in February. So look forward to that. Check her out. She's really cool. She's taught me so much of the stuff I talk about on this podcast, and I'm really, really excited to have her on. Anyway, but yeah, throughout the day, when you notice yourself being triggered, when you notice those limiting beliefs arising in your head, um, when you start feeling those emotions of anxiety, scarcity, desperation, disrupt it. 
disrupt that shit as soon as possible. Keep a journal on you. Write down how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. Keep your affirmations in your pocket and read them whenever you're feeling anxious. Write down some things that you're grateful for. When you're when you're um, in a state of like desperation or anxiety, gratitude is like the best place to just drop into. Anything works as long as you're disrupting that habit loop. You could like go for a run if you wanted, honestly. Um, yeah, just disrupt the habit loop as often as you possibly can because eventually it will become replaced with something more productive. And be patient with yourself. This is some of the hardest work you will ever do because it takes an incredible amount of self-awareness, consistency, discipline. These are all things that develop over time. You will get there. And it's really some of the most important work we will ever do. Because I've been saying this the whole episode, there are so many people out there who are fighting for control over your brain. Those people do not have your best interest at heart, so do not give them your power. Take ownership and control over the contents of your mind. Take ownership of your habits, of your thoughts. Harness their power to create a better life for yourself. I'm far from done with this topic, but (laughs) I will lay it to rest here uh, for now. And I will talk a lot about mindset and thought habits and all the stuff quite often on this podcast, I do and I will continue to because you people in my audience, entrepreneurs, you're responsible for correcting the injustices committed by those who came before you. You are the ones who are going to take the information that businesses have been using to manipulate people and you are now being presented with the same information. You have to decide if you're going to continue perpetuating this culture of mindless consumerism Or if you're going to be using this information to empower yourself and help others. Um, I have complete faith that you're going to choose the second option because you listen to the reckless entrepreneur. And that tells me you're not willing to just do things the way they've always been done. So, yeah. And with that, it is time for you to go forth and be the bold, daring, courageous, reckless entrepreneur that you were meant to be. I will see you next week.